0: Wagwan, my peeps, have you not watched Bob Marley One Love movie yet? Now's your chance. You have the opportunity to bring home Bob Marley One Love on digital now. Celebrate the life and music of an icon who inspired generations through his message of love, peace, and unity. Buy Bob Marley One Love digital today and get over 50 minutes of behind-the-scenes footage and deleted scenes. Available at participating retailers. The movie is rated PG-13 and is brought to you by Paramount Pictures. Steer it up, liquor, darling. Welcome to the Style and Vibes podcast with me, Michaela. I'll be giving you the inside scoop on music, fashion, culture, and more from Caribbean celebrities and tastemakers across the globe, pushing our culture with authenticity and, of course, style and vibes. Welcome to another episode of the Style and Vibes podcast. I hope you guys are in good spirits. It is February, and February is Reggae Music Month in Jamaica, Black History Month in the U.S., and February 6th is the birthday of Robert Nesta Marley, otherwise known as Bob Marley. His contribution to reggae music is unmatched, and his name rings legendary in any music conversation. Today, we are celebrating his life and legacy on the podcast, but with a little style and vibes twist. So I remember sitting in the boardroom one day, we were having um, an inspirational brainstorming meeting, and we were talking about our favorite brands and why. So everyone in the room had to share what their favorite brand was and why, so I was you know, smack dab in the middle um, when it came to me, but I immediately knew who I was going to say. So by the time it got to me, I said, Bob Marley. Of course, you guys can imagine the chuckle that I heard in the room because most people associate Bob Marley with Jamaica. They think about reggae music and smoking weed and all of that stuff. So this is in the boardroom, of course, but I didn't back down from my decision. And here's why although he probably wouldn't consider himself a brand, his name is very symbolic. You can find inspiration in his musical catalog. You can literally go anywhere in the world and say you're of Jamaican heritage or from Jamaica, and people automatically smile. They start talking about how they love Jamaica, and they love Bob Marley, and they love reggae music. It's quite the privilege to even talk about being from Jamaica, the Likabot Talawa Island, you know what I mean? So I was proud to share why I was um, attracted to him as a brand because I think his legacy surpassed not only his catalog, but his ability to continue to ring, ring true in terms of just his music as well as how his children and grandchildren have carried on that legacy is pretty much unmatched when it comes to um music. So, Bob Marley died in 1981. I was born after. My my mom moved here to the States in the 80s. So, most of my experiences with Bob Marley came through, you know, the music that my mom would play and the culture that she exposed me to, as well as just understanding the music and hearing music through his his kids and you know, my generation of, you know, Damian Marley and Stephen Marley and and the grandkids as well. So, um we've always understood Bob Marley's musical legacy and his catalog and his importance. And you know, you hear industry heads talk about him, you hear documentaries, but most of those conversations are really about his music from an insider perspective. So, we're taking this in the eyes of the fans. So, I invited my mom on the podcast to have a really candid conversation about the impact of Bob Marley as she kind of grew up with him musically. I thought it would be a significant conversation because we traditionally don't hear it from the perspective of someone that grew up with him as a role model, as an artist that they looked up to, and you know I'm sure he was inspiration for many that we don't always get to hear. So in our conversation we talk about my mom's reggae musical roots as well as you know where she was when she first heard him key moments in his career and how she felt about it we even got into the sentiment around rastafarian culture in the 70s and his legacy post death so it's a great conversation it's not too long um, but i think you guys are going to enjoy it um so without further ado please check out my conversation with my mom miss ilian rose on bob marley and his legacy all right, so in terms of your reference to Bob Marley, what was your first reference in your lifetime growing up?
1: In my lifetime growing up, my first reference was probably around 1975. I was probably around 14 that I have some memorable time about Bob Marley. Mostly during that time, I remember one of his music had just came out. Um, It was called I Shot the Sheriff, which was very popular in that year, around that time. And that's kind of one of my more memorable. And when it came out, it was popular during that time, that era. And everyone was singing along to the song, you know. Um, Another song that I remember around that time was um, the song with him and Peter Tosh and Bonnie Wheeler, Stir It Up um that was another popular song that mm-hmm. i you know we always rocked to so mm-hmm. those were kind of more memorable time um, remembering him at that young age during that time um, there was like a whole bunch of other artists that you know you're have your favorite you know there was like you know um, Dennis Brown, um, Jacob Miller, Black Uhuru. you know so those group were also popular during that time so you know you have um, a wide variety of um, artists that you know become your favorite but I just remember him around that time.
0: How did you start listening to the, to reggae? What was like your first encounter with the music that you could remember? Oh, reggae music, I was listening to it from,
1: I was probably about four or five years old. <laughs> you know, just being around my grandparents in um, downtown Kingston, Darling Street. Uh, you know, there's always music playing around that area. And just walking with your, your parents or you're walking with your aunt or, you know, your cousins on the street, you know, there's music like every corner of the, the, the street. So, you know, you're like surrounded by reggae music all the time. So, you know, that's something that never get out of your system, you know, so.
0: So as Bob was kind of uh, so you were. Pretty young when he initially started,
1: yeah. And yeah. then,
0: like as he started to grow, what was the sentiment like amongst you and your friends? Like, when did you really start getting into like, oh, okay, you know, th- there's this rise of this artist? Did you realize at that time? At that
1: time, around fourteen fifty? No, you didn't realize at that time that he was so great. You know, um, as I say, you know, you're listening to other artists, so you didn't realize the greatness of his song you know, at that age, you know. At that
0: time, did he blend in with the rest of the artists or was he stand out in he your was, mind? I think he had stand out to me because
1: he, his music was more, more of a message or like a, you know, rest of music message, you know, to the, to the people. And it was more geared towards, um, you know, the struggle of life, you know. He stood out, it's, but there
0: was a bunch of others at the time. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. That was, you know, in the same category as his music. Um, you know, like, you know, Burning Spear, Black Uhuru, um, Jacob Miller, you know, and they were all singing the, you know, similar song to Bob.
0: So tell this, me about your, um, were you able to, oh, tell me about you and your friends, like, partying, like, what was that like in, in a dance, in a dance hall at that time? In a dance hall? Yeah. It was like, rob dub Rent-a-tile. <laughs>
1: music like you know um it, it it varies I had like different kind of friends I have friends who like the soul music I have friends who were like you know Rastaman music I have friends who like the mixture of both so it depends on, you know which group of friends you go out with you know um I was more I'm I was more like more roots in my music um I would listen more roots reggae during that era of my life you know a lot of time you know i would try to go to the parties that would be you know after school and you sneak out after school and go to some place some part of the school where they have these little rooms where you can bring music and you just get together and you know no drinking but you know just enjoy the music you know i used to out and wear my rasta bell on my <laughs> um teeth it out because you couldn't wear it that coming out of the house so when I get down the street I put it on around my um around my waist and you know you have this long arrow shirt and the the, the belt just sticking out, you know, like you're a bad woman <laughs> You know, but we had a lot of fun. I had fun, you know, with all my friends um just growing up and listening to, you know, the different kind of music, especially, you know, the rest of my music. I usually resonate to that because it just kind of open up your mind to what you're singing about and it's you know most of the, the lyrics is usually more about reality of life you know the struggle that you know everyday people go through I was kind of more attached to that kind of music.
0: So in terms of uh, Rasta in that time I guess you kind of alluded to you know it wasn't what it is now so what, what was your encounter with Rastafarianism at that time and how like it's progressed so much now and mm-hmm. even you know, in my time growing up it was a different uh, view. Yeah. Um what was it, what was it like back then? Well, I don't think a lot of people
1: um actually acknowledge the Rastaman as much as they do now. Um it was like there were people who who has no ambition or, you know, who you know, smoke weed or who, you know, talk a certain way that's not, you know, the upper class way, you know, so or middle class way. So, you know, I think they were looked down on during my time, you know, but as I got older, you know, um, all of that progressed, I think probably mostly by that reason would be Bob music, you know, probably um, cause the artist to be so recognized now because of, you know, what Bob used to preach about. Um,
0: Do you think that his success um, internationally as he kind of grew allowed for um, Rastafarian culture to really progress, be seen in a more progressive? Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, I remember, uh, you know, when I, moved to the States in the 80s, I think that's a period of time where, you know, I realized how great Bob was, you know, like, you know, people would be talking about his music around me and, you know, and they would respect the kind of music he sing because of the, you know, what's happening in the world. You know, I was really proud to hear how people, you know, listen to his music. And these are not just Jamaican? No, this is like every, yeah, all different people from different background, different mm-hmm. culture. Um, so, you know, you, you feel proud to hear um, a Jamaican progress so far in the world, you know, in terms of, you know, the kind of music he, he produce or he sings, you know. so
0: Yeah, I think his, his influence, you know, on the island as it, you know, as it is, as well as um, Rasta culture kind of seemed to be, in my mind, you know, as we grew up, it kind of were synonymous. You know, mm-hmm. when people think of Jamaica, mm-hmm. they think of Bob, Bob Marley. Yeah, yeah. And and the legacy kind of continues to build and to grow. But tell me what your experience was around the um, the the concert that he, he did to bring peace um, with one of... You were still in Jamaica at oh, that
1: time? I was in Jamaica, but I, I didn't really pay too much attention to it because it was more political than anything else. Um, I know um, it, was, it was a great thing he did, just hearing about the whole reasoning behind the concert, you know, to bring the two politicians together, um, the two um, PMP and the JLP um, party, because there was so much um, fighting against each other there, you know, so he wanted to just make peace among everyone there, you know, regardless of your political reason, you know, preference, you know. So I know um, there were some people that was against it and some people, you know, liked the idea that he was bringing people together. But yeah, you know, I, re- I really didn't pay too much attention to that.
0: So at the time also. where he did his self-imposed exile, what was the sentiment like? Was it, oh, Bob is just over overseas or... Was it kind of like, you know, everything kind of just moved on in terms of from a music standpoint? Did you hear him as much as you did when he was in the country or did you hear him less? No, I think we
1: heard him just the same. Yeah. Yeah. His music would play just the same no matter where he was, you know, um, whether he was abroad or You know, it was local. It was the same sentiment. Were you
0: able to ever take him in live?
1: I took him in live once. He was at Jamaica House outside performing. And we went up there to see him, a bunch of us, you know, my friends and I went to see him there. And it was a great feeling, you know, just to be there, you know, among... The greatest <laughs> mm-hmm. even though you didn't realize how great he was then but you know now you look back and you're like wow you know you were th- actually there to see him you know perform so it was great experience now looking back
0: what about his death how did you hear and what was your feeling at that oh time?
1: it was I was very devastated um, to know such a great legend as you know gone from the world um, did, did just, you
0: perceive him as a legend at that time?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my yes. When he when he died, everyone on the street was like just talking about the whole, you know, the whole situation around his death like it was he was like a um a great celebrity there, like someone you look upon at that time when you know he passed, like people just suddenly realized how great he was then, you know. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, sad. it was sad.
0: In terms of post-death, I think, you know, his catalog only grew in terms of... I'm sure there's unreleased music as well as, you know, his children kind of taking up the the, the reins to continue on with, with his legacy. Um, what was your experience like um, taking in, like, maybe a Ziggy or at that time they were the melody maker the melody maker yeah, yeah yeah um i've actually gone to see ziggy and the melody maker
1: um i think it was in the late 80s concert was great but you know it's not the same feeling as bob but um i love the fact that you know ziggy was carrying on his legacy now they're even much greater than that, you know, they were when I saw them. So I'm very happy that the family, you know, still carry on that legacy, and hopefully it goes on for a longer time than now. So,
0: yeah, I think for me, I didn't. I, I think I was a little young at that time to um take in the Melody Makers, mm-hmm. but you know, for me, Damien. Was you more know, your Steven kind is, of your it era was in my era, so yeah. I I kind of got to see and experience, and even when I saw Stephen, for me, I only have references of videos and documentaries, you know, um, that you see about Bob, right? And you know, even his kids to a certain extent, and his his grandkids. There's something there like yeah. in the thread. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean like each yeah. It feels like each one of them kind of perform a piece of of him. him. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. When you see them on stage yeah. I've, I've I've been able to 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 see uh, quite a number of them, but I'm really um like like you very um happy about how they've carried on the legacy. legacy.
1: Yeah. I
0: often say like when I see them perform, they all perform at least three Cheer to five song. of yeah. his, his song. songs yep. and yep. that seems to be like not only part of their performance um but even sampling his music right. and re-sampling right. it and right. and kind of taking the lyrics about so they i'm sure their upbringing is completely different for all of the the kids and grandkids right. because right. Although, you know, some may struggle, they don't, they didn't struggle the way he did to, right, to kind right, of come into right. this. No, they, I don't think they did. Right. Yeah, but they, they still managed to find the connection in terms of lyrics and talking about, yeah. how do you, how do you perceive that?
1: Well, I actually, I've, I've seen, um, Damien, I've seen Steven, I've seen, um, Julian and Um, I think they actually, the the lyrics of their songs still carry on some of Bob's uh, message. Um, You know, they still, even though they have a different style, they actually have some of his uh, message in their songs. Um, So I'm really proud that they, you know, incorporate some of his struggling music and relate that to the people, you know, through the message of their music. And what do you think
0: his impact... In terms of I mean we've seen like so many different movements and people using his music to inspire their rebellious uprising like what are your thoughts on 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 some of that, and how do you feel when you kind of see and hear that type of action around
1: i'm actually music? um I'm actually happy to see one of one of the concert that he did that I was actually proud of is the one that he did in Zimbabwe, where, you know, you know, he was promoting the fight for freedom in that country. And so to see him perform in, you know, in countries like that, to, to fight for your right, you know, stand up for your right, you know, it, it makes you feel very proud that, you know, one person can carry a message that is so strong through his music.
0: The New York Times calls. There was an article where uh, one of the the writers and the editors. I can't remember the name. I'll, I'll include it. They um, called him the most influential artist of the second half of the twentieth century. What do you think about that?
1: I think that's true. I've been watching like a lot of um, concert like throughout the world, and every country, no matter what country you go to, whether whether you watch it. In China, India, um, Europe, there's always some artist um, has one of his songs singing, um, like promoting a message. So his influence on the world, you know, it's so enormous. Like, you know, people is just... He set an example, you know, to the world through his music, you know.
0: And as a Jamaican, how do you feel?
1: Proud, very proud.
0: <laughs> That's like a yes. a silly question, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean
1: <laughs> it doesn't matter where you go, his name is always recognizable, you know. So it just make you feel proud that you know, you're part of that culture, you know. So
0: Alright. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I know after listening to this podcast, you want to check out some Bob Marley tunes. So I've made it very easy for you. I have created a style and vibes playlist of some of my favorites as well as some of my mom's favorites that she talked about in this episode. So click the link in the show notes to access the playlist and be sure to share this. You know, it is Reggae Music Month, so you can share this episode with anyone who you know loves reggae music, loves Bob Marley, or think would enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. And until next time, Leah Tommy Peeps. Thanks for listening to the latest episode of the Style & Vibes podcast. If you like what you hear, and I know you do, share it with your friends and family. If you want more, make sure you visit StyleAndVibes.com and follow us on our social channels, Twitter and Instagram at and Vibes. Until next time, Leah Tommy Peeps!